Hey beautiful people, you are listening to Limitless Faith Life Growth, the podcast dedicated to growing together in the Lord as young people of our generation. I'm your host Ifeanyuel Moranike and each week we tackle topics which help us navigate this Christian walk and be the best version of ourselves that God has called us to be. Let's get into it guys. Blessed people of God, we are back. How are you guys doing? It is officially the second part, the second part of season two. I know I took a few weeks of a break. Then we came back last week with the Level Up series episode one. But this is the first time I'm really getting to reintroduce the podcast and this second half of season two. Some great things coming up. We have the Level Up series, which, you know, we had episode one yesterday. We're going to have another one. I believe I'm going to do it the same way I did it last time, which is the first of every month. The first episode of every month is going to be a part of the Level Up series. And the reason I like doing it like that is because I really want time for us to digest and apply what we've learned so for every month you have something that you are attaining to something you're growing that you are developing yourself in that you are you know training yourself to do so this month we are training ourselves in social networking and building strong connections and we're also going to add another series called the young wise love series which is basically about young wise love and learning about relationships from a christian perspective and this is part of the series i'm supposed to do an intro i don't know if i'm going to add the intro yet if i do add the intro then just know you've already listened to the intro but this is going to be part of the young wise love series and we're going to be talking about whether you are ready for a relationship or not and this is a very important question to ask yourself because sometimes we believe once you're of age once you are at least in your late teens your early 20s you should be dating you should be exploring the waters but then god is telling you are you really ready for a relationship and so this episode is going to be question based you're going to be asking yourself questions and determining whether through these questions and the answers that you give if you are ready for a relationship in 2024 right guys let's get straight into the episode We can sometimes determine our readiness for a relationship by very superficial things like age. And honestly, you can be in your mid-twenties and still not be ready for a relationship if you don't know how to answer these questions. These questions I'm about to ask, if your answers are a bit skewed or you're kind of confused, then it could be a sign that you're not ready for a relationship. And you don't want to jump into something premature. Something my dad always says, a gift given premature can easily become a curse. And he gives the example of pregnancy. A teenage child, a 14-year-old girl that gets pregnant, a child is a gift, but it's coming at the wrong time of her life and it can feel like a curse or a burden. And so a relationship at the right time will flourish you, will grow you, it will give you peace, it will give you joy, laughter. A relationship at the wrong time of your life can seem like a curse and it could seem like something that could even be a bondage. When we look towards marriage, because as believers, the purpose of a relationship is marriage, we should look towards something that is beautiful and exciting, not something that should be burdensome or like a cage, but something done prematurely when both parties are not ready can easily become a curse. And so I want you guys to be very intentional about asking these questions. Very intentional, be honest with yourself. I know all my friends are in a relationship. I'm old enough. I'm seeing these guys and girls that I like. I should get into a relationship. But does God want you to get into a relationship? Are you mentally, physically, spiritually ready for a relationship? So the first question you need to ask yourself is, am I sensitive to the will of God? Can I discern between who is right and who is wrong? Can I discern the right time? Discernment as a believer is one of the most important tools you use. Aside from relationships, in everything that you do, you need discernment as a believer because only God can reveal the things unseen or hidden. We are only aware of what is going on in real time, but to see the future, to see the outcomes of our decisions now is through the holy spirit and the holy spirit reveals things that are hidden from us daniel 2 22 says he reveals deep and hidden things he knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him holy spirit can reveal things that you don't understand right now and that's why it's so important to be sensitive to the will of god be sensitive to your time and season 
a relationship is not a bad thing, but maybe God is saying that you need to wait because there are things he needs to work on you before you enter into a relationship with another human being. And I always say this thing, two people can be great people, but if they meet at the wrong time, it can scatter God's plan for their lives. Yes, God wants them to be together in the future, but they are at an unrefined stage of their life. They still need to work on their spiritual life. They need to work on their desires. They need to work on lust. They need to work on addictions. They need to work on their consistency with God. They need to work on their anger. They need to work on their emotional stability. So such individuals, they might not be bad for each other, but at that moment of their lives, they should not be together. They need to go through, through the refining process. And only God can reveal that to you, that, hold on a second, wait. I know you like this guy. I know you're super attractive. I know he's an amazing person. I know this girl is as if she's sent from heaven. But I need to work on you first so that you don't go and mess up this relationship. That is God ordained. That yes, I've ordained you guys to be together in the future, but you at this current stage of life is not ready for this person I want to prepare for you. And if you're not sensitive to the will of God, you rush into a blessing unprepared. And you waste it and squander it. And it's not just discerning the right time, but also discerning the right person. A person can be great for you on paper, but that doesn't mean that they are God's will for your life. They may seem like the best option with human vision because they're a church brother or they're a church sister or they seem so fervent in Bible study and when they're praying, the house comes down. But that doesn't mean it's the right person for you because a person can be a good person generally, but the wrong person for you, the wrong person for the destiny God has given you, for the purpose God has given you. For many people, your destiny is very particular. If you're someone who is going to be traveling a lot for the career God has given you or the path God has given you, then he needs someone who can accommodate that kind of lifestyle. Now, you don't think about that when you're thinking about who you like. Holy Spirit does think about that and does reveal those things to you. A list is not going to do it. When it comes to picking a spouse, guys, a list will not do it. The Holy Spirit reveals all things. You need to rely on him. Even if they take everything off your list, they may not be the person that you need to fulfill God's destiny for your life. And that's the most important thing, to fulfill God's purpose for your life on earth. And that's why John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You need to have your ears open to the voice of God. If you're truly the sheep of God, you have your ears open to his voice and you follow him and he will lead you. And God will never lead you wrongly. He will never lead you to someone that will make your life a misery. There's a reason that you have people that get married. I mean, I'm sure no one intends to get married to someone that they know is going to make their life a misery. But as human beings, we don't have foresight. So we see the perfect person. We marry the perfect person, in quotes. Then you start to see signs of, mm, this person isn't for me. This person doesn't support me. This person doesn't have my back. This person isn't grown me in Christ. Things that the Holy Spirit would have been telling you. He would have been showing you these red flags before but you refused. So if we're truly the sheep of God, we trust God, we trust his choice for our lives, we will not only hear his voice, but we will follow him. Okay, so that's question one. Am I sensitive to the will of God? Can I discern between who's right and wrong? Can I discern the right time? So basically the first question is, am I capable of discerning God's will for my life? Then number two, do I have any past trauma that I haven't dealt with? Untreated wounds, am I susceptible to triggers? Now, this is important. My mom told me this thing one time. She said that sometimes when you have wounds of the past or trauma of the past, and these are wounds that you don't treat, you just cover up with the plaster, but you don't treat the wounds, then the wounds begin to fester, begins to be infected. I know it sounds nasty, but I'm just giving an analogy here, where if you don't treat the wound, you don't deal with that trauma, then it will consistently cause you pain. It will consistently, you know, that area would look nasty. It will consistently bring infections and more sickness rather than dealing with it, healing completely and being able to move on with your life. But you can never move on with an untreated wound. It will consistently make you uncomfortable and irritated and will affect every relationship that comes after that. There are so many emotional wounds 
that the average believer is dealing with. But because we believe, you know, we're, we're renewed in Christ, as we've come into Christ, we're a new creation. Yes, you are. You are renewed. But there are some things of the past that can still seep into your future that you still need to deal with. The only difference now is that you have Christ to help you deal with it. That's where you become a new creature. But the process of becoming a new creature, as I said, it's a process. So if you're dealing with abandonment issues, you need to deal with that before jumping into a relationship. If you're dealing with, you know, emotional issues, anger, jealousy, anything of the sort that could affect your relationship, you need to deal with that before entering a relationship. Because these triggers can cause you to react towards someone who is innocent. Someone who's just trying to pour out their love and show you love and maybe makes a mistake. And then you react based on your experiences, not based on what that person's done to you. And you scatter a relationship because you have not dealt with your past. You now allow your past to hinder progress in your future. And it's almost like self-sabotage. You are unknowingly self-sabotaging. Every person that comes your way that God is bringing towards you, you are self-sabotaging because of a mistake that somebody has done to you or something someone has done to you in the past. And then you turn around, oh, you know, there are no good guys. There are good guys. But you chase them away because you have unhealed wounds that you refuse to acknowledge. Now, I know it may seem vague. Okay, what do you mean unhealed wounds? How do we heal these wounds then? Like, you know, if they're emotional wounds, what do you do? But there are actually people that you can talk to. I remember when I was going through some things as well that affected my relationship. I won't go into details. And I was talking to my mom about it because it was really my mom. I had a very hardened heart towards men, should I say? And I had to talk to my mom about it. I had to pray about it. I even had to fast about it. Yes, guys, you can fast when it comes to, you know, relationships, you can fast. I had to pray. I had to fast. I spoke to my dad. I spoke to my mum. And it's great because my parents are very open people. I know not every person can talk to their Nigerian parent about their emotions. But I was able to talk to them about it. And it really helped. And I was able to talk to God about it. And cry in his presence. And, you know, just read his word. And just be in his presence. And understand God's will for my life. And it really, really helped. Because I didn't realize I was shutting someone out because of my own past and what I've experienced in the past and because of what I thought and because of my old mindsets, my old corrupted mindsets. These mindsets are built off past experiences, but that doesn't mean it has to be your future experience. So sometimes somebody may say something, they talk about you in a certain way and you react. That's a sign that there is something that you haven't dealt with that you need to deal with. Because if you realize if your reaction is out of place, if it's out of order, if it's very unnecessary, then you know that it can't be because of what this person has done. There is something you need to deal with and you need to deal with it before you crash every opportunity God brings to you relationship-wise. Because really, there, they say there are many fish in the sea. There aren't many good fish in the sea. <laughs> there, are, there are fishes all, but there are fishes and there are fishes. As God is bringing the juicy, juicy fishes and you're chasing them all away and then you're left with the sardines. I'm not saying that, you know, God is a God of abundance so there are plenty of people on this earth, but not every option is for you. So when God brings the option for you, don't squander it. Don't waste it. Don't let another person suffer for someone else's mistake. And likely that person that made the mistake has moved on with their life with the next girl, the next guy, and you're still suffering it and it's hindering you from moving forward. The next thing, I think one of the most important things is, are my priorities set straight? So that is, what am I looking for in a man or a woman? Are you looking for a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a potential spouse? Why? Because what you're looking for will determine your criteria. The criteria for a boyfriend or girlfriend is very different from the criteria for a spouse. So if you as a believer, and I believe that everyone listening to this podcast is seeking that, if you as a believer is looking for a spouse, then you cannot be using the criteria you'd use for a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I remember when, I think I told you guys the story that I prayed like, you know, God, I don't want to be single by the time I'm, I'm 21. Yeah, because I hadn't had a boyfriend before then. I think it was 20 or 21. And I prayed, God, you know, I want a boyfriend before 21. 
or 20. And God gave me that. And then I was talking to my mom when once we broke up and we split up and whatever. And my mom said, well, you prayed for a boyfriend and God gave you a boyfriend. You can't blame God for giving you a boyfriend, a temporary fix before you get to the main husband. That's what a boyfriend is. A boyfriend is susceptible to leave at any time because there is no binding. But when you are with someone with the intention of marriage, there is more intentionality. That kind of relationship, you don't just split up anyhow. That's not the kind of relationship that you can separate on a whim. Because you guys are both seeking to eventually make a covenant in front of God to marry each other, to love each other, to respect each other, to grow together, to honor God with your marriage. Now, when you have that mindset in dating, it's very different from, oh, I'm dating this person temporarily as my boyfriend or my girlfriend. So therefore, the criteria will change. So your criteria, is it for a boyfriend or a girlfriend or is your criteria for a potential spouse? So what are the criteria we should be looking at? First of all, I don't want to hear tall, dark and handsome. And no judgment, that was me not long ago, like less than a year ago, that was me with my criteria. And I was always having the belief of, because you hear them a lot, especially on, even on Christian podcasts and Christian, you know, YouTube channels or whatever. God can give you what you want. If you ask for tall, dark and handsome, God bless me with my own tall, dark and handsome. Said, ah. And then God can also bless me with my own tall, dark and handsome. And I'm a tall girl. So I always say, I, will, I always say, I can't be with a short guy. I must be with a tall guy. Like it's mandatory. I am with a tall guy. But at the end of the day, tall, dark and handsome does not mean he'll be a worthy husband. It doesn't mean he'll love you the way Christ loved the church. It doesn't mean he'll provide for you and your family that he will respect you. It doesn't mean that he will respect your family. It doesn't mean he will help you grow in Christ. Height has nothing to do with how valuable a man is. And extremities on a woman has nothing to do with how valuable a woman is. And I think when you put it like that, you realize, oh, that does sound quite silly. Tall, dark and handsome. What does that have to do with his value as a husband? Or how good of a husband he will be? Or how good of a father he will be? Or how good of a priest over a household he will be? How good of a leader he will be? Tall, dark and handsome means nothing. Curvy and fair means nothing. If she can't be a guide to our children, if she can't love her family, if she can't love her husband, if she can't support her husband, if she can't be a helper to her husband, as the Bible says, fair and curvy means nothing in that sense. And that's why your criteria must change based on what you are seeking. If you are seeking someone that you just be physically attracted to, then sure. But should I tell you something about physical attraction? Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 11.22 says, As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a beautiful woman who is without discretion. Her lack of character mocks her beauty. That's amplified version. So yes, the person may be beautiful on the outside. But should I tell you something? Once their character, once you marry that person or you get into a deeper relationship with that person and their character is bad, is rotten, you won't care about their beauty anymore. If that man who is tall, dark and handsome starts to mistreat you, you will not care that he's tall, dark and handsome anymore. And you regret not using the right criteria. Now, I'm not saying that every tall, dark and handsome guy is bad. Please, please, don't get me wrong. There are beautiful men of God out there. There are beautiful women of God out there. But their beauty should not even be secondary, tertiary. It should not even be top five. Attraction is part of it. But their love of God, their love for people, their character, their loyalty, their integrity is way before those things. It's way before money. Money will fade. Beauty will fade. Things that will fade are not things we should put at the top of our list. Things that are permanent. Their character. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the Proverbs 31 women? Are you looking for the fruit of the spirit? Are you looking for a man who will love you as Christ loved the church? Are you looking for a woman who loves you and isn't rebellious? What are you looking for? Because what you're looking for will determine if you're ready. So be honest. There's a video that I watched by um, Pastor K and Pastor M about, you know, does attraction matter? And one thing that he said is attraction does matter, but attraction grows. Physical attraction 
grows, even from emotional attraction. And she gave the example of her and her husband, um, Pastor K at that time. He was, she, okay, she doesn't like fair men. She doesn't like hairy men. She doesn't like Ibo men. And he's fair, hairy, and Ibo. <laughs> and she didn't want to be of a pastor. I need a pastor. So everything she didn't want, it seemed as if that's what God was bringing her. And she was like, but God is not wicked now. God would want me to be attracted to this guy. And then God opened her eyes to what really mattered. And her mom asked her the question. Okay, I just want to quickly say, um, being a podcast is really not easy. Like the number of times that I've had to stop because there's noise outside. The noise outside is really distracting me. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear it. If you can, I'll really do my best to try and edit it out. Where was I? So then her mom asked her the question. If you were going to drink Gary with someone for the rest of your life, who would you want it to be? Because she was at that time, she was dating another guy who was, you know, successful in the UK as a doctor. And then she had him. He was a good guy. They were friends, a very loving friend, but she didn't like him. She wasn't attracted to him. She didn't want to be with him in that way. And she said, Kingsley, that's his name, Pastor K. She said, Kingsley. And then God really opened her eyes to, what do you value most? Who's the person that will support your vision? The person that will grow you as a woman of God? The person who will love you? The person who will... Who is my choice for you? And so she changed her mindset and through that became attracted to him. Funnily enough, she actually, so it wasn't as if she had to force herself to become attracted. Through her change of mindset, she saw God's, what God had for her in him. She saw his value. She saw the other attributes that were attractive about him apart from his physical features and became physically attracted to him. Now, I'm not saying that's everyone's case, but I'm saying that look at them now. See the love now. See the way they are transforming people's mindsets in marriage now. All because she chose God's destiny partner for herself. And she didn't go and chase Doctor in London. She didn't go and chase Tall, Dark and Handsome. She chose her, the opposite of her spec. But who would be God's choice for her and the best choice. And she's not regressing that choice till now. And it's from that video that I said, wow. I could really be missing an amazing person simply because of this warped mindset. So moral of the story, look beyond the superficial because those things will fade. And when he is being a wicked person or she's being an annoying or wicked person, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is his body or her body. Okay. And money. Ah, oh, gosh. I think I'm mostly talking to the ladies with this one. Chasing money and seeking money. You don't want to allow money to become your God and money to lead your decisions. As believers, the Holy Spirit leads your decisions, not money, not mammon. But I think that's like a, a whole topic for a whole nother day because that is, I don't even know, I'm going to, if I start talking about money and the way people seek money, I think it still goes under what we're talking about. Superficial things that are not as important in the long run. Is money important to an extent? Yes, because you should be in a good financial position before you even think about marriage. But that should not be a driving force in choosing a potential spouse. You don't even know. By the time you guys actually get married, you guys could be in a good financial position, but that should not be a driving force because money can really mask someone's character. Okay, next thing. Am I struggling with sexual sin? And I say this because 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. In other words, flee from anything. Anything that could incite sexual sin, that could trigger sexual sin, that includes a relationship. Even as being a Christian, there's no how you'll be with someone that you love and you wouldn't want to be close to them. You won't want to physically be close to them. So if you're someone dealing with sexual sin and you are constantly around someone that you truly and deeply love, that you want to be close to, you'll always be battling in your mind. You'll be in a consistent battle that you are placing yourself in. You are placing yourself in the lion's den. You are placing yourself closer to temptation. Not because you guys are doing anything tempting. Not because this person is wicked or this person is trying to push into temptation. But simply because you have a problem with lust that you have not dealt with. Being around anyone that triggers that will consistently put you in a place of temptation. That includes your partner. 
2 Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. That's another consideration. Even if you're going to be with someone and you don't have issues with lust, does that person have the same mindset as you when it comes to sexual sin? Even if both of you are Bible-believing Christians, some Bible-believing Christians have other views on fornication or other views on, you know, doing other things before marriage or exploring the waters. So that's why it says, along with those who call out on the Lord from a pure heart, along with those who also have the same beliefs when it comes to sin and sexual sin and lust. Please do not have that belief of, if I'm dealing with sexual sin, let me go and quickly get married. No. Should I tell you the fact? A man who's dealing with sexual sin before marriage will still struggle with it within marriage. The only difference now is that you're doing it within a covenant. A piece of paper is not going to change the fact that you're struggling with sexual sin. It's those kind of men that go and cheat, despite them marrying that baddie that they said, eh, curvy, fair, tall, da-da, or short. I don't know what guys like these days. But upon that, they will still go and cheat because they're struggling with sexual sin. Marriage does not cure that. A piece of paper does not cure that. A relationship doesn't cure that. So yeah, you need to deal with that fully. Not partially. You need to fully deal with that before a relationship. Now, when I say sexual sin, I'm not saying that... Um, you won't have some feelings sometimes like you know hormones work all right as a human being but i'm saying if you're dealing with porn masturbation if you're dealing with addictions if you're dealing with just sexual urges that you can't control that needs to be dealt with before even thinking about entering a relationship with someone that you're clearly attracted to that you want to be close to you're going to fall into temptation and you will cause that other person to fall even if that person is not struggling for the fact that you are struggling and you are in, you are falling into temptation you're automatically causing another person to sin at least, even for the sake of that person, please don't enter into a relationship. Deal with it first. Let God work on you first. Then you guys will enter and you'll be strong together. Because there'll be times that that person may be weak. The person wants to do certain things. Just like, no, no, babe, don't do that. The, sometimes you'll be weak. Be like, no, babe, don't do that. But if you're the weak one consistently and that person is has a weak off day, you guys can do some things. And later, ah, God, please forgive me. Mm, it could have been avoided if you dealt with this before. And lastly, I, the noise is really irritating me. God... Please help us on this podcast. <laughs> Lastly, am I ready to be selfless to put another person's thoughts and feelings into consideration? For many people, they say they're ready for a relationship, but all they think about is me, 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 me. How is he going to serve me? How is he going to buy me food? How is he going to buy me bone straight? How is he going to be loving and caring to me? How is he going to send me sweet messages and shower me with sweet words? But you have not thought, how am I going to offer myself to this person in this relationship? How am I going to show them love? How am I going to show them affection? How am I going to respect them, support them, be of help to them, pray for them? You know, yesterday, me and my partner were praying and I, it was like, when we were praying, I was like, hold on a minute. That's, it's true. I, I don't remember the last time I've prayed for you. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm being so honest with myself right now. I was like, that's true. I pray for him, like, separately, but, like, pray with him, for him. I don't do that. And I, I was like, that's wrong. If anyone, you, should, you should pray for him as well. The same way you want your guy to pray for you or you want your girl to pray for you, are you praying for them? Because a relationship really isn't about you. If it was just about you, you wouldn't need another human being. Just being in a relationship with yourself is just about you. But it's about how you can serve someone else, how you can love someone else. And it's this mentality you need for when you enter marriage. Because there will be times you have to sacrifice things that you want for the sake of your spouse. And there's times they will have to sacrifice as well. So you learn the selflessness during dating. It's not always about you or your wants or what you want or what is preferable, more comfortable for you. There are sacrifices that need to be made on both sides. Are you willing to make those sacrifices? If not, then maybe learn selflessness before. Selflessness is also something that you can learn within a relationship. But it's just something that you need to have at the back of your mind when you enter a relationship. That this relationship isn't just about me, but it's also about how I can serve this person. When they talk about the relationship between a husband and his wife, they always 
talk about Jesus and the church. And Jesus said that he came to serve, not to be served, to serve. So a husband is supposed to serve his wife. And the same way that the woman came to be the man's helper, to help her husband. And I know I'm using husband and wife. I'm not there yet. I'm still young. Da, 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 da. Please, all, as Christians, we have the mentality that if you're dating someone or you're courting someone, you have the intention of marriage in the future. So you, you're going to have to talk about this at some point. You have to have the approach of, is this person a potential spouse? If not, you're wasting your time. Now, if you're already in a relationship and you realize that you don't have the right answers to some of these questions, then you may need to do some self-evaluation, especially if it's to do with something like sexual sin or lust and you realize you guys keep falling into sexual sin, then maybe, not maybe, I, you should. You should do some work on yourselves, work on your own holiness, your own righteousness, your own purity, that you guys can come together. Or else you continually fall, and each time you get back, God, please forgive me, God, forgive me. Even God is like, I know, I'm a God of first, second chances, but this can be resolved if you separate, work on yourselves. But some of you guys are so attached Again, abandonment issues. You're so attached to this person. You can't leave this person. But for you to be a good person for that person, you need to work on yourself. For you guys to be pure, you need to work on yourselves. For you to respect one another, to be selfless for one another, you need to work on yourself. A marriage, a union is two whole people, spiritually, physically, emotionally whole people coming together to form a greater whole. Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. In fact, you won't be perfect. But there are some basic things that you need to work on for you to be a good partner to God's person for you. So you don't squander the opportunities given you. And you know something? This thing of not being selfless will really help dissolve a lot of arguments and a lot of disagreements. Because there are so many times that you may react towards someone not realizing that maybe they're going through something. There are times when you may you may act out or your partner may act out. And you're wondering, you know, why would you accept me like that? Why would you do I, You're already reacting to that person. When you find out, okay, let me actually put my own feelings aside and find out what's going on with this person. They may be going through a lot. And at that time, you have to put your feelings aside. At that time, you have to put what you're feeling, your anger, your irritation about their response aside and ask them, what's going on with you? Or sometimes have an understanding mind. It's all part of just being an understanding person and remembering that another person has other emotions and they're going through their own thing. And you guys are not just there to be with each other physically, but also emotionally, also spiritually. Praying for that person, being intentional with being there for that person emotionally. Even if it's not convenient for you. Okay, guys, so I hope this episode has been helpful. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you've learned something. I hope that it has opened up your mind onto whether you are ready for a relationship or not, whether you should take a break from your relationship or not, whether you should go forward with this relationship or not. I will be with you guys next week for the next episode. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing month. Have an amazing year. Have an amazing 2024. Bye, guys. <laughs>